Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. Happy Monday, week three, I think it is already, for CHGO here. And uh, we keep things rolling. Monday means Olin Krutz is here alongside Nicholas Moriano. I'm Adam Hogue. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And, of course, we want you guys to be joining as a member at allchgo.com. Find us on Twitter there at CHGO underscore sports. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. We think we're going to have a big guest for you today, but we don't want to promise too much. Okay, we'll, we'll, stay we'll tuned. Wait a stay tuned. We'll just wait tease a little bit. Tease a little bit. But, uh, otherwise, we're as big as it gets from the two thousand for maybe the last thirty years. Who could that's be? actually yeah. accurate? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason McKee is joining us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out now. <laughs> you guys do a great job on, on your podcast. Uh, so. No, uh, 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 J Mac is like. Adam would know. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. Yeah. A fun to work with. Now, I, I didn't, I think he majored in journalism, though. I could be wrong. Did I got to ask. Didn't. I think so. Wow. We got to ask him. But, okay. uh, and it, it shows when he talks on a podcast and he's mm-hmm. very, true. you know, so uh, he does it. He's actually fun to work with. Me and him played a long time together, obviously. Yeah. So uh, thanks for mentioning our no name football podcast. But we had our teammate Alex Brown on. We had fun mm-hmm. with him. You know, Alex doesn't like to talk too much, so we had to, <laughs> Not at all. We had to get him going a little bit, but uh, um, yeah, so, and you know, Adam gets a chance to coach with Jay Mack and just, you know, in my opinion, a, a really good guy and, and does a great job with the kids at Carmel. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's the head coach at Carmel. He's uh, phenomenal to work with, and uh, we got to get him on this show sometime, too. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. So Definitely. we'll do that, but no, it's not Jay Mack. It's, uh, is it, well... I don't want to disrespect J-Mac. A little step above J-Mac. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. Just step above probably everybody, anybody, <laughs> anybody of that era like we talked about. So yeah. I don't think J-Mac would feel disrespected, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, Brian there likes your uh, Bears Aloha shirt. Oh, yeah. This, um, this Aloha shirt was I wore announcing Montgomery at the draft oh, nice. uh, oh, down in Nashville. Uh, me and Peanut got to uh, announce him that when the Bears drafted him. But um, – that doesn't mean the Bears were on a little better terms. I don't know if they'll be calling me. 
I don't think George will be calling me anytime soon to announce. With the drip. Like, with the look drip. At the, the shirt, drip, the, the Jays. Jays. Yeah. The drip. Olin. I have to get away from the innovates. And, you know, I, I have to wear, like, basically orthotic shoes nowadays. <laughs> they have all these, like, what do they call them? Like, the barefoot shoes. Okay, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I try to wear those most of the time just because my, I'm old and my feet hurt. But uh, got a little more dressed up today, yeah. Oh, for, okay. for our special guests. Yeah. Who we could have. You got it. That we could, we could, we think we'll have. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We do have some uh, free agency stuff to get to before that. And um, Nick, I want to talk to you because the Bears did introduce, what, four of the f- four or five of the free agents the last few days over uh, some of it was at House Hall, some of it over Zoom yesterday. Um, what were your takeaways from Byron Pringle um, and – I got. I'm gonna have to get this name right. Al Quadin Muhammad. He goes uh, by what's his nickname that he goes by? I think by? they said Quan. Let's Quan. just call him Quan. Yeah. Quan. That's Muhammad. what he goes by. Yeah. Okay. So, um, big takeaways from Byron Pringle, who didn't speak too long to the media. Um, one of the big takeaways that or for him to want to come to Chicago, it revolved around Justin Fields. He said that was a guy that he wanted to play with a young quarterback that can extend plays. Saw what a small sample size, ten games that he started. Right, Justin Fields, but he said that was a selling point for him. And guys, I don't remember the last time a Bears quarterback was a selling point for wanting to come to Chicago. So he mentioned that in his uh, presser, but he also mentioned that Ryan Poles, obviously a guy that he knew in Kansas City for the last three years that he was there, was a reason why he wanted to also come to Chicago. For Muhammad, he spoke heavily, and I think what in his six-minute presser that he had is about the scheme. Matt Eberflus' scheme, what it did for his career what he wanted to come back to and just be a part of that. And if you buy into this, it's something that can, you know, help you as an individual, but you could buy into it as a team and think good things can happen. So that's kind of what Muhammad talked about. But I think with Pringle also, another thing that he did mention, which I thought was pretty interesting because he's only played three years with the Chiefs, is that he's basically what the Bears told him, what he thinks he's going to bring like a leadership aspect Mm. to this wide receiver room. For a guy that, one, was maybe the fourth target for the Chiefs uh-huh. and, again, is only going into his fourth year. And he is, what, Darnell Mooney's got two years under his belt. So he's the most, I guess, veteran wide receiver in that group. So I thought that was interesting that he says he can bring that leadership aspect for a guy that wasn't the number one in Kansas City and is only going into year four. Yeah, but you can lead, show young guys how to lead, even if you're the starter or not. You can be a pro um, I go back to I competed with Casey Wigman, who actually ended up playing 16 years, very good center. Um, he ended up in Kansas City, you know, playing with Priest Holmes and uh, Willie Rolfe and those the number one offense in the league at the time. But uh, learned how to be a pro from him, mm. and I, and I watched him study his playbook and watched him um, the way he worked out, the way he attacked practice, the way he never made a mental mistake. So uh, young guys can learn from a lot of guys, but eventually. Uh, you have to be good to be a leader in a locker room. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, like you say, Nicholas, about Pringle saying that he wanted to come to play for Justin Fields because we talked about earlier on these podcasts, the ability to recruit eventually free agents, coaching staff-wise, and a lot of guys come to play with your starting quarterback is extremely important as the Bears try to take the next step and become a better football team. And you do like to hear that, mm-hmm. that a wide receiver came here because of what he's seen from Justin Fields and the level he saw Justin Fields play at, like you said, mentioned in only 10 games last year. And we can all pull out the, you know, the play against 49ers we've talked about before, 
the last drive against the Steelers we talked about before. Uh, you know, I'm sure he sees him hit Darnell Mooney on the run, mm-hmm. hit Allen Robinson a few times. So you, you, you're excited about that. Um, but, Adam, these guys are kind of all the same guys, kind of hardworking guys. But um, Quan, as we called him, you know, a lot of his sacks are with DeForest Buckner or extra hustle sacks. You know, he's, he is that kind of guy. He'll give you the motor, right? But will he take over a game? Will guys worry about, you know, giving extra help to the tackle when he's lined up on them? Probably not. But when you got um, Quinn on the other side, you'll benefit from that. Yeah, and that's a good way to put it, Olin, is, is kind of from a matchup standpoint. I don't know that anybody that they've signed to this point is somebody that's commanding extra attention from the mm, opponent, right? No. And so from, you know, it... it I like the Byron Pringle signing, but when you line him up out there, are they are they shading a safety over? You know, are they are are they you know trying to bracket him? Probably not. Um, so that's where you know it's great that they want to come play with Justin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've heard that before. I've I've there was, oh, well, there's free agents that want to come. Yeah, they yeah. yeah, but there was free agents that want to come play with Mitch too. You know, like they they <laughs> they, they know what to say in their introductory press conference. Um, I know I th- may have been Pringle too said that, uh, you know, he just wanted to go somewhere where he could win. Yeah. Yeah. He did mention that as well. I don't well. know if this is the best, uh, <laughs> the best place where, you know, you're, 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 yeah. you're not winning a Super Bowl this right. next year. So, but you know, they, they say these things and, um, you know, I'm sure it's all genuine and, and I, and I do sense among players along among the league that there is excitement about Justin Fields, mm-hmm. that if there is a young quarterback you want to go play with right now, that's, I think he's certainly on that list. But I think there is some validation, like, with having a quarterback being, like, that cornerstone where players do want to come play with. Like, you look at Von Miller, where he's at in his career. Probably maybe could have gone back to the Rams, but he went with Josh Allen. And I'm not putting Justin Fields in that caliber or anything. But with the $120 million, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Where you can get the money definitely that's factors where, in there. But you, you look yeah. at some of these free agents where they go. Like, Allen Robinson went to L.A. And yeah. money also follows it as well, but... These players do go where you do have a successful organization where you have, um, and I'm going to stop right there because we have a caller. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, you, Lawrence, give me a minute here. Let's see if we can get him you in Laura, here. But this, uh, yeah, the guests we were teasing, uh, calling in. Now we just got to figure out how to patch him in. There he is. There he is. There he Brian Erlacher joining us here on the CHGO podcast. And we oh, there he is. Really appreciate it. Brian, <laughs> Brian, you got us? Sorry, I'm early. So, I was trying to figure it out before. No, I no, came on. we'll take you at any time, bro. Um, okay, cool. cool. Let's, uh, let, let, let's give the man a proper introduction, okay? Um, first of all, they're probably the best team that I ever had and the best football player I ever played with. Uh, 2005 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, right? Um, first ballot Hall of Famer here. He has played, he, he was my teammate for 11 years. Won most of our battles in practice. I'll admit that now in my old age. But <laughs> no way. Uh, absolute monster, good teammate, led us, uh, the difference maker on our football team. Uh, I think, to me, honest, studying him last night, his greatest accomplishment. He was a consensus All-American in New Mexico. Like, that's almost impossible, I would imagine. Like, how, the, how did you? <laughs> are you the only consensus All-American ever out of New Mexico? That's a good question. I'm going to. Possibly, yeah. I'm yeah. probably one of uh, one of maybe two. I'm trying to think of somebody else, but uh, it had to be way back in the day. We uh, we didn't get a lot of um, recognition out there, Olin. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that is a huge accomplishment to earn consensus All-America out of New Mexico, man. 
Yeah, you're, I was good all in hell. Yeah, I was no, good. I know that. You don't got to tell me. I know. I know. <laughs> Kidding. My son doesn't think I'm any good at football. I mean, he's 16 right. now. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess he walked in the kitchen the other day and he goes, he go told my wife, he goes, hey, dad was really good in college. I just watched some of his highlights. I'm like, you think, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I was a first round draft pick. I was pretty good. Hey, uh, I get the yeah. same thing. Like, That's my awesome. son was a center. He won't even listen to a word I say, nah. which is fine. That's up yeah. to him. But when he gets beat, I tease him about it. Hey, like, I see that Kennedy's got an offer from Arizona and New Mexico now. Uh, tell us a little bit about his career and coaching him sometimes. Yeah, you know, Olin, the, these offers work kind of weird these days. I'm sure you went through it with your boys. I don't understand. They get, you know, these kids get 30 offers, but you can only go to one school. What's it matter if you get all these offers or if they pull it back, do you still get the, you know, I don't understand how it works. Anyway, um, my man's 16. He's a sophomore here at Chandler High. You know, mm-hmm. just moved in, Olin, you know, uh, Dylan yeah. Viola, Dom's son to be our quarterback. Yeah who has offers from 150 schools. Mm-hmm. Top quarterback <laughs> in the country, I think. Yeah, he's a Dylan badass. Dylan is, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he looks the part, too. Um, is he going to the same school as Kennedy? Same school. He's going to be our quarterback oh, next right year. right on. So awesome. Kennedy, hopefully, go ahead. Yeah, hopefully Kennedy will get a chance to play next year. Uh, start, I should say, this year he transferred schools and set out half the season. But he looks the part. He's 5'11", 190. We'll see, man. You know, they're so young these days. It's hard yeah. to tell what they're going to be or how good they're going to be. But he definitely loves football, which, which is fun. You screaming in the stands, or are you just watching the game? I'm a, I'm a watcher, Owen. I, too, there, I scream, I scream at one guy, and you probably know my son. <laughs> I'm watching him. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, uh, well, I don't. I tried to coach him when he was, I want to say, 11, and I, I'm not a good coach when it comes to my son because I'm too mean to him. I don't want him to hate me, so I, uh, I quit. I retired from coaching after that one season of. Uh, well, first of all, I was the assistant to the assistant coach, so I didn't really have a big part, but I just. Always like this for my son, so I had to quit. <laughs> hey, but Brian, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you probably can't see this on your end. If you could just move a little bit to your left, I think. It's your left. That center. Oh, yeah. I look kind of weird. Yeah, I just wasn't Perfect. sure. I'm not good at this. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, much that's- better. There, that, there we go. We got you centered there. Uh, but, yeah. you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today is because uh, I don't know how closely you've been able to follow it, but a lot of what the Bears have done over the last couple months – is going back to, with their hiring of Matt Eberflus, kind of going back to the, the lovey days. Uh, Scheme-wise, he's talking about the hits principle, a lot, of, a lot of the ways that you guys practiced and played under Lovey Smith. I don't know what, how much of it you've been able to follow, but just what is your, your action seeing the Bears kind of go back to the future a little bit with some of the stuff that you guys had success with? Well, it's exciting. To, you know, Eberflus, I think, is a great coach. They had a lot of success there in Indy under him. Uh, Darius Leonard is a guy I look at right away when you talk about him and, and what they're able to do on defense and what Darius was able to do on that defense. But, you know, I think the defense is, it hasn't been an issue for a while there in Chicago. I, I'm not, you know, I don't know what, um, I, I honestly thought they would hire an offensive head coach and I like to hire, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a, whatever. I just thought they would hire an offensive guy because they drafted a quarterback again, uh, pretty high, gave up some picks for him. And then they went out, went out and, um, hire a defensive guy. So it's a little confusing to me, but I do like to hire. Um, I think he's a very smart football guy. I like the way I've seen a couple of versions. I like the way he talks, but I, I mean, their defense has always been good. I know I feel like they're getting rid of all their guys. <laughs> they, they were really good on defense, but it doesn't mean they're not going to be good. It's just, they're, uh, they're kind of changing some guys out there in the front, in the front end there. Yeah. Brian, real quickly, staying with the scheme and everything that's going on with this current bears team how important is that three-tech to what you or the middle linebackers capable of doing in this defense? 
Uh, and Lovey's defense, it was huge. You know, we had, I, Tommy Harris was a stud. Uh, Olin can tell you this as well. He, he was great there at the three technique. And when he wasn't healthy, our defense wasn't quite the same either. So when, when Tommy was in there and healthy, we were really, really good because we could get pressure with four guys. So I think anytime you get front four pressure without having the blitz, it helps your secondary, helps your linebackers. It keeps people off the middle linebacker. And uh, I know the Bears have a good middle linebacker. He's able to run and get to the football. So it would definitely help him if they have a good three technique to keep people off him. Some 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 guy people don't know where they want Roquan yet lack, and, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But I was wondering from you, when you played for Greg Blotch early, Ted Washington was in front of you. Keith Trailer was in front of you. It was kind of yeah. a two-gap. Uh, they kept you clean. Uh, one thing that I would I thought I remembered, and I'd like to hear from you, is the, the transition from a two-gap to a one-gap scheme where your linemen are getting up the field and now you're taking on blocks a little more. Was that hard for you to adjust to? And what does Roquan have to do with his game and change his game a little bit moving to this defense now? Yeah, you know, with, with Coach Bosch, I could just run. on. You know, those two guys took up four gaps, basically, the A and the B gaps on both sides with Ted and Keith. So I was sideline to sideline just running to the football. Uh, didn't get a hit a whole lot. You know, there were times I took on blocks, obviously. But then when Lovey came in, that it was an aggressive defense, downhill attacking defense, which – I made more plays in, you know, you would think not getting blocked, you make more plays. That wasn't the case, you know, because when you're downhill, you're, you're in the backfield more, making more tackles for losses, uh, more sacks. And my numbers were, were really good early with sacks with Coach Bosch was there. And then they kind of, you know, when they left, they went, they kind of tapered out when Lovey got there. But I didn't blitz a lot when Lovey got there. You know, we didn't need to. We had four guys who could get to the quarterback. So, but I was, my, my tackles for loss were a lot better. Um, I, Roquan's going to be good in any defense he plays in, honestly. I don't think this guy's going to have an issue adjusting. Is it a 4-3, Oh, Is that what uh, Iberfus is bringing in, the 4-3? Yep. Same, th- same defense. Really, so that's great. You know, I, I just feel like if you have a good athlete at that position and he knows how to play football, he's probably going to be good in whatever defense he plays in. And I know he's a little undersized when you look at, well, I'm comparing him to myself. I mean, what is he, 225, 230? You know, dude flies to the football. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him to adjust to any defense he put you put him in. So, Brian, do you think he's better suited at the mic or the will? I mean, you you played in this game. I have no idea, to tell you the truth. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Lance was Lance was 255 playing will. So what 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 makes a good fit for a will? I think a guy who's instinctive, a guy who knows where to fit, and Lance may not have been the fastest guy, but when he when the ball was snapped, he was a 4-5. I don't know what he ran at the combine, but when that ball was snapped, Lance didn't think and just flew to the football. I think if you got a guy who's instinctive and knows where to fit and where the ball's going, it doesn't matter how fast they are, how big they are, as long as they get to their, their spot they're supposed to be in. Well, Brian, you just mentioned Lance Briggs. I mean, how important was it for to have a guy like that for, what, 10 years there in Lovey's defense yeah. to, to make sure that, one, you guys can collaborate and do the things that you did? Yeah, it's nice to be have someone you obviously you have fun with and you trust playing next to you. You know, we, we, we kind of played off each other a little bit because – Lance was a freelancer, but pre-snap, oh, I'll tell you, that dude was always moving around. I was like, bro, you got the A-gap, or you're out there in the D-gap. He's always moving around, <laughs> stressing me out, pre-snap, trying to give the offense a look maybe that they weren't used to seeing. And it would always stress me out pre- pre-snap. But I know once the ball was snapped, Lance was going to be where he's supposed to be. 99% of the time, he would be there. Um, so I think there's a big trust factor go- that, that went between us. We knew where each other were going to fit. And if I went in the wrong gap, he would cover me up. If he went in the wrong gap, I could cover him up. We, and I think the biggest thing was pass coverage. We, uh, we played off each other pretty well in our cover two drops. You guys, when, when they, Lovey came in, like a lot of things people are talking about right now is will people buy into what Ibra Flues is selling, the hustle everywhere, the hits principle, we got to run all over the field. He had said, he has said 
bring your track shoes. We're going to be running, right? I so you are a leader. Mike Brown was a leader then. Mm-hmm. How do you get guys to buy into that system? We've talked about here, you guys just love football, so basically that's why you yeah. guys ran around anyway. But say there was guys who didn't want to do that. How would you lead them to buy into the system? I think, number one, by setting the example of, of doing it. You know, I think once you start getting on the field, it's hard during, during all this stuff right now because there's no on-the-field stuff. But I think once you get on the field, set an example. Run to the football. And I think as a player, once you see results, oh, you know, once you see results from what you're doing and the success you have by getting the football, anytime there's a loose football, there's a really good chance if you're running to the football, the more guys you have around it, you're going to get the ball. Um, it, case in point, our defense for ten, nine years under Lovey. If there was a loose ball, and obviously we're all trying to punch it out, but we usually got those footballs because we had a lot of guys around the football. And another thing, if you don't run to the football in this scheme, you didn't play. So if you don't want to play, don't run to the football. Not a big deal. You know, they, they would catch you. It's, it's not a big thing. But, I mean, I think it's contagious when you see guys run to the football and the hits, and now, and now the game's different. The, the hitting is much different. But there are some big – big collisions that happened when you run to the football, the guys, you know, they get cut back in. You got those D line or the ball. Those are nasty collisions, man. And, and guys think about that when next time they catch the football. So how long did it take you guys to see those results? Like was I assume there was an adjustment period of, cause if, from what we hear, they're going to be grading the guys the same exact way. If you don't hustle on every single play, you're not going to play. So Oops. how, how, yeah, the loafs. That's a, that's the term that, yeah, they, yeah, that I know I you know all word. about. I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Coach Babbage was such a dick when he graded us. He, he would grade us. I'd have like eight loafs. I'm like, dude, that was not a loaf. He goes, well, you changed speed. I'm going, I didn't change speed. Anyway, it, it was every Monday morning we would argue with Bob Babbage about how many loafs we didn't have, but he said we had uh, because it affected our grade. And, you know, Olin, you, you want those grades to be high. I used to get pissed off because that my lo- loafs – would affect my uh, my grade. It used to make me mad. But but the buying in. I'm sorry. Go back to your question. Um, it's you, you got to run to the ball. I think. I mean, you're supposed to run to the football anyway. You know, I watch some of these games in college, and I see the ball thrown, or even the NFL. I see the ball thrown. I see D, D lineman turn around and watch. You know, if you watch a Lovey Smith defense, you'll see guys the ball's thrown. They'll turn and sprint, and that's the way I think it should be. It doesn't matter or the corners or the linebacker. You know, early on when the ball was thrown, we turn around and watch it go over our heads. About six months in. We're turning and sprinting to that football. We didn't want to get a loaf in practice or, or the games. And number one, you, you, it's it's a good example of that. Number two, you don't want to you don't want to be the only guy not running to the football. So I think it's a a team thing that kind of takes over. Everyone doesn't want to be the guy not running to the football. And by the way, to your point of what you said earlier, they're getting rid of some of these players. You know, when I watch Akeem Hicks on tape, he was one of the guys who would turn around and run right. downfield. Robert and, Quinn, right? Yeah. Robert Quinn, but he's yeah. still going to be there. But, like, these are guys that would go down – the linemen who would go downfield, make the tackle 20 yards downfield. Yeah, guys, the effort guys are guys I love playing with. You know, you give me a guy that was uh, who runs a 4-8 but is always in his gap and runs to the football, I'll take him over a guy who runs a 4-5 and you may not know about sometimes where he's going to fit. Because you got, those guys are reliable. You know, the guys that play hard and end up in their gaps – I'll take those those guys all day long. Brian, I was uh, just watching some of your highlights this morning. It was like a 15, 20-minute video. There were so many plays that you made throughout your career. And I like was, hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what, what made you so special as a player is that you could play the run effectively, but at the same time drop back, just play the, the pass as well. How did you find that balance? How long does that take to where you can feel comfortable in your career where, hey, I know this is a run, or I know I need to drop back here, maybe it's down distance, uh, might predicate that, but how long did it take yeah. you to get comfortable with that? 
Well, the pass game always came natural to me because I played safety in college. So that was never a hard, a hard uh, thing to pick up for me. You know, there's, we changed our system. We changed our cover two jobs every year. You know, whatever was going to make it easier for us to do, Lovey would do or Babbage would recommend or Lance or I could go talk to him and, and recommend some things. And they usually would change it for us to make it easier and make more sense. But the running game for me, getting off blocks, I was never good at. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I just could never – I don't know. I always thought I could run by guys or, or just kind of hit them and, and shed them. And it, it never worked that way. It, sometimes it did. And Owen, I, remember, I remember the old, the nicest thing Owen ever said to me was it was a training camp. And right the year after I dislocated my wrist, I think it was 2010. We were really good that year, by the way. I came back in training camp and Owen goes, oh, someone's been doing some handwork. I was like, bam. I was like, I'm the greatest. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually hit Owen in practice one day and I separated. And he couldn't grab me. So, you know, it was always a, a thing to try and get better at for me. I think any linebacker will tell you, you have to get better every year using your hands. But that was always a hard thing for me. Uh, pass rushing, you know, I, you always think you can run these linemen over. It's not, you're not going to run them over. You know, you always, oh, I'm full speed. I want to hit him. He's going to fall back. No, nah, it doesn't happen. They just grab you and they hold you and it's all game over. So just trying to get better every year was, was my main thing and learn from last season's mistakes or errors, whatever I did. Like a big part of his defense, obviously, is the takeaways preached by Lovey. Uh, Rod Marinelli, I don't know if you know, but uh, Rod is Eberflus's mentor. So uh, that's who he learned the defense yeah. under. Uh, so, you know, he's going to probably have videos with the balls popping out of cars and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, your guys, your last year's lack, 2012, you guys had 44 takeaways, 2011, 31, Damn. 2010, 35. I always thought it was the controlled chaos and the speed you guys played with. Talk to us a little bit about, like, say you talk to your son, Kennedy. What do you talk to him about getting that ball? Like, how do you create takeaways? So, so the number one thing I talk about to him is run to the football. I do not care if you make a mistake. I don't care if you get ran over. I don't care if you're in the wrong gap. Run to the football. No matter what happens, good things will happen if you run to the football. You know, you're going to – well, you know, as well as I do, you're going to make mistakes in the football game. There's no way you're going to go through a game not making mistakes. They happen. You know, the offense gets paid too. That's what I tell my son. Not in high school, but obviously they get paid too. And then Maybe in high school nowadays, some, you never know. <laughs> I know they're doing college. Hell, it's awesome. About time. Yeah. Anyway, so I told him, I said, just run to the football, dude. Good things are going to happen. If you're around the football, if it pops out and you're around it, there's a better chance you're going to get it. So um, that's the main thing I preach to him. You know, the, the controlled chaos. But once you get good enough, I think, Owen, to know where you're going every play and get to the football and and think about takeaways, that's when they start happening. In high school, I, I'm, when my son gets a little older, maybe a little better and more comfortable in his position, I'll, I'll preach it to him. But right now, I'm just telling him, run to the football. No matter what you do, I do not want to see a change of, a change of uh, speed in you ever. You should be playing full speed all the time. That's the only thing I preach to him right now. All right, I can't have Olin Kurtz and Brian Erlacher on the same show and not get at least one good practice story out of you guys going head-to-head at some point. I'll tell one first, oh. and I can tell one after. But every yeah. time we'd go to a drill, we'd yell at each other, you better buckle your fucking chin strap, bro, because That's I'm right. about to come after you. Oh, we can cuss on this show. Hell yes, yeah, we I can. Sure. Well, okay, fuck yeah. It just can't be forced. But um, yeah. Lack, uh, one time, and, you know, obviously the wars were, he, he was a first battle Hall of Famer. It's impossible to block. But one time I oh, went wow. out and just, like, touched him. And I think it was when you pulled your hamstring. You remember that? Oh, we were like in, yeah. we were like in shells. Care, man. And yeah. Ron Rivera like lost it on me. Oh. He was like, what are you doing grabbing him? And I said, one of the few times I didn't, to be honest. Right? So <laughs> everybody right. thought I had pulled him. And 
Thank goodness the video showed that I the did not do that because okay. uh, that's the one way you could get cut by pulling Brian Urlacher. But, <laughs> but that was that's the that's the one time we're going against each other, and I was like trying to explain, like actually negotiate on the sideline, like I did not grab his jersey. I promise. <laughs> it was the first day of training camp in two thousand. Lovey's first year, Amron's first year as well. I pulled my damn hamstring the first day of training camp. Man, Owen, you're, you're too nice. Owen whooped my ass all the time in training camp, man. You know, first, first of all, he was older than me, so he knew all the moves. My my first couple of years, I think he enjoyed just toying with me because he had all the great hand moves. He had everything going. You know, he was a a, a wrestler and a, a UFC guy, so he knows how to use his hands. And plus, he was strong as piss, so he knew what he was doing. But like I said, the one that my favorite story is when I actually separated that one time. I was like, and Owen goes, "Oh, <laughs> someone's been learn how to use their hands." <laughs> that was what, uh, that was what, one of my. What year was that, Lack? 2010. Yeah, that's my thirteenth yeah. year. That's why you separated. Well, yeah. It took me eleven years, bro, to figure out how to get separation <laughs> and get off blocks. You got <laughs> better late than never. And we went to the NFC Championship that year too. We lost, but we yeah. won. That was a good game, man. That was good. That team. Yeah. That was that team was fun because no one expected. <sighs> Just everybody slowly got better every year, man. I feel like that was our best team, honestly. Two thousand. Our old line was so bad that year. I don't know how we got. Really? We, we just slowly improved, though. Remember, it was uh, Mike Tice, uh, Jamarcus oh, yeah, yeah. Webb, Tice. Uh, Frank oh, Omiel, yeah. Chris Williams, and Garza. Oh, you're right. right. So it well, was, was like we had to you, slowly get Garza, better, man. What, what does it matter? Well, you guys went and got Julius Peppers for the like the top ten defense. <laughs> I know, man. We had. I said that. You look at our guys. We had Pep, Lance, Pep, man. Vasher. Tim Jennings, uh, Tommy. I mean, we had dudes everywhere, and we had and we traded for Jay Cutler. So we remember had a great you, quarterback uh, too. Remember when you guys would play that over and leave Pep by himself to the bubble side, like no one the could studs. run, tackles couldn't block him. Yes, it was unbelievable, man. <laughs> we would put him in a wide nine and be like, "Hey, go ahead, do, do what you gotta <laughs> you do got over there." <laughs> he was so good. He was so, so like good. you, you think that that team was actually better than the the team that made the Super Bowl? I feel like our whole team was better that year. I feel like we had a better, mm-hmm. if not just offense. I mean. Our deep, sorry, I'm just going to say, defensively in 2006, we were pretty damn good. But our whole team, offensively and defensively combined, and special teams in 2010, I feel like was our best chance to to win it. Um, you know, Jay gets hurt in the NFC Championship, so it doesn't matter. But uh, that that's my feeling. You know, 2006, we were good as hell. But when we went to the Super Bowl, we weren't completely healthy. You, know, you look at the, that season just took a toll on us. It doesn't matter. Obviously, everyone gets hurt. But if we get there. Mike, though, if, if you guys had Mike Brown and Tommy Mike Harris, Brown. that's a different game. Mike Brown. That's a I different love Tommy game. Harris. Give yeah, well, Mike, Mike was different. Yeah, it's a beatdown. The game's over with, and, and the game's never even close because Mike Brown. The, there's there's three plays in that game that don't happen uh, if Mike Brown's playing free safety for us in that game. Well, uh, one more thing I want to make sure I sneak in. Uh, Lack one of the coolest things I've been able to cover in my career was the night you got into the Hall of Fame. The night, the the day you got that call in Minnesota, and just yeah. be, being able to be there and talk to you that night. I thought I was going to be covering a similar thing this year with Devin Hester. Uh, at the Super Bowl, and he did not get the call. You got to play with him. I'm assuming you're uh, you're on board with him being in the Hall of Fame. But are you surprised that he didn't get in this year? Nothing surprises me with the Hall of Fame, man. It's um, I don't know how the fuck they vote for this stuff. Owen, you should have been in two years ago. I, it, you're gonna piss me off talking about, about this. By the way, I get so frustrated <laughs> because Owen should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what the way he wasn't even a finalist this year. I don't understand that. I talked to Kevin Mawide, Owen. Um, at the Super Bowl this year, and we talked about the same thing. Kevin, you're, Kevin got in, what, two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Something like that. You're, you're better than Kevin Mawai. You should be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And Kevin Mawai was a great center, and I, and I can say this because you were my teammate, so I, of course I'm going to lean towards you. Kevin Mawai was a great center. Mm-hmm. You were better. 
But to go back to your question, uh, I think Devin will get in. You know, for me, so Devin was a special teams guy. I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a strictly special teams guy to go in on the first ballot. I don't know how that works or how the the um, sports smart guys vote for that. So I don't I don't really know um, what the conditions are. But I think Devin, yeah, I think Devin will get. Oh yeah, I get so mad. Zach Thomas. Hey, hey like, remember, uh, uh, remember when Soldier Boy would hit though when he uh, would dance oh, in the middle shit. field? That was awesome, man. Dude, that that's was what awesome. Now and I'm like. I, t- I told him the other day, I said, oh. you had a 30-year-old guy from Hawaii dancing <laughs> Soldier Boy on the sideline. Like, it was, you, know, you know you're good. When we were dancing on the sideline to him, oh. when he would return. And, and then you would always yell, no, 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 and then he was gone. It was, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. Uh, unbelievable, Dude, man. That song came on. I, my ass got up off. If I was sitting down, I came up off that bench to watch what was about to happen. Uh, it, right. it was unreal. But, I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was the best ever at what he did. Black man, best to you and your family. Thanks for joining us. Best teammate, best person I play with. We appreciate it, man. Hey, someone asked me a question. Someone asked me a question yesterday who my my favorite offensive player was to play with. It's not even close to you because you challenged (laughs) me every single – number one, it was challenging every day going against you, and you're a great teammate. People are like, oh, who was the leader in the locker room? You got to go, oh, no. That was Olin Cruz. I, hey, I walked into that listen, locker room. Listen, that's not we a big win leader. for me with our offense, okay? That wasn't a big – there wasn't a lot <laughs> hey, of guys on our you, offense. <laughs> well, when, you, when you pick an offensive lineman, though, that's pretty yeah, damn that's solid. True. That's true, man. Lack, appreciate it, man. Have a great Take day. Care. See you. Hit them straight. Uh, hang up. This button. There, there he is. <laughs> Brian Erlacher. Oh. Yeah. Two absolute uh, greats that I have a lot of respect for. Obviously. Interesting, though, um, him saying he thought Roquan – would get better. I thought he would get regress in the scheme. In the scheme? In the scheme, but yeah. he thought playing downhill will allow him to make more plays. You know, but you you worry about when Lack's first year, Tommy was here as a rookie. They had traded for Ottawale Agunlier. Um, Briggs was already here. I think he was in his second year when Lovey got here. Mike Brown was here. Um, they had a Nathan Vashier came along. They had a lot of guys. So many good players. So many good. Alex yeah. Brown was already here. Um, so that defense was stacked, um, but it's interesting. I would suggest, I don't know what you guys think, but I would suggest that Roquan calls Erlacher and talks to him about, great. He, you know, basically he told you right there, uh, we talked about how do you get the team to buy in, the defense. He gave you the answer. You just do it, and then guys follow. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. it'd be a, you, you all, like, History always leaves clues, right? That's what we yeah. say in the NFL. History, history, success leaves clues. Erlacher transitioned from a two-gap Greg Blotch's scheme to this one-gap downhill scheme. He did it. Give him a call. Talk to him about getting your team to buy in and playing in the system. Yeah, and that goes back to the uh, conversation we seem to always have is maybe uh, rely on some of these guys that know what they're talking about <laughs> who, who live the – who lived it, and in this situation, that's a great idea, Olin, and I would hope that that would happen. Let's keep that conversation going, though, on what Erlacher just had to say about Roquan Smith. But first, if you enjoyed that interview, if you're enjoying our shows here on CHGO, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. 
just do it. It makes too much sense. So if you have any other questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got better because they're introducing PointsBet's new feature, the live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet, and now online sign-up is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. It's really easy to do, and during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts like this one. And sometimes we bring on really cool guests like Brian Urlacher. Um, and that happens every day with every show. So come join this well, amazing Brian's family. Well, not on every not show. Every show every day. But you never know <laughs> what happens on the, the CHGO Bears. I went like this. <laughs> when you got Olin, things happen. When in about, Olin, in about two happen. hours, we got Urlacher breaking down the NHL trade deadline <laughs> on the CHL Blackhawks podcast. I, now I lost my job. <laughs> Thanks, man. He wasn't that good, though. We have another co-host. But just come join this amazing family at CHGO that is constantly growing, have great content, great people that are behind this. So come join the CHGO family. Okay, so... A lot of good stuff from Ryan in that interview, but it, it, my brain's kind of going back to Roquan, too. And I'm still, I still feel like I'm on the idea of wanting him to play in the middle, rather, at the will. I just feel like, it, I mean, just to hear Brian talk about, uh, okay, Briggs wasn't the fastest guy, but once he's on the field and he, know, he knew where to go and how the defense worked, it, the whole thing worked. And to me, Roquan is going to be the leader of this defense, mm-hmm. the quarterback of the defense. And, yes, he's fast, but if he's really the guy in the middle, like kind of controlling everything, calling everything out pre-snap, get, relaying the plays, I feel like he's better suited maybe in that Mike spot. You disagree? No, and well, the thing is, too, to kind of add on to this, like Erlacher talked about he wasn't the best at getting off blocks. Like he still had to figure that out, and that was he, he admitted to that. And I feel like maybe the knock on Roquan Smith is almost like a similar type of thing. Being a smaller guy, he's got to find ways to do it. So to what you were saying, Adam, being that he can be the leader, the one that calls the shots, and if you look at like the weaknesses there, maybe it can work out. But what do you think, Olin? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Adam after listening to an expert, obviously, yeah. talk about <laughs> yeah. that defense and his role in that defense at Mike and how downhill he felt like he could play too and make plays. And I think – you heard him allude to, I think he had eight sacks in 2000, his rookie year. And I think in Lovey's first year, he had six sacks. And I think those are the two, you know, uh, um, years that he had his most sacks. But mm-hmm. I think Roquan can still play downhill in that defense. I think you just immediately worry about who he's surrounded by. Yeah. Right? Like Nicholas Morrow, as much as we all would like him to be, like Lance Briggs is a special football mm-hmm. player, right? Lance Briggs is a bowling ball uh, Hall of Fame argument in his own right, right? Uh, a really good football player. So, uh, but but I am like Adam. Um, after listening to Lack, not ready to move him so fast, right? Because I always had the impression that the see the, the difference with Lack though was 
And and Roquan's the same way, and that's why it's probably possible is Erlacher was so fast and so tall that if he had to play zone, he could cover the field. And you heard him say he never struggled with pass because he played safety. No, he could mm-hmm. drop right. back. and So when yeah. I would play against linebackers like, say, uh, Lofa Tatupu for the Seattle Seahawks, really good football player. But he played, they played a lot of zone. Like you knew when Lofa when they were in cover two because he was about 10 yards deep. He had the middle of the field. He had a deep middle. Erlacher could play cover two with his speed and his height and stand, on, stand up in the A-gap and sell blitz. That's mm-hmm. where we, I'd always tell Lovey, um, you're playing cover Erlacher. You're not, <laughs> this is not cover two. No one else in the league does this. Yeah. But I think Roquan's a four, four guy. Now, he doesn't have the height, yeah. but he's a 4-4. Four, four. I think he ran that at the combine. He has that speed, right? Definitely mm-hmm. has the speed. speed, yeah. So he can do the same – so now, like you're saying, yeah. Adam, like, should we – I was at first like, well, put him behind the three technique, let him run and make plays. But now listening to Erlacher talk about, well, he, well, first, he, I don't want to say he said leave him. He said he doesn't know. But he said you can make plays in his defense. And um, I was completely wrong. I had thought that at his first year he had felt like he struggled taking on blocks, but he just said no. He was fine with it, and actually he felt more comfortable coming downhill. So it'd be interesting. It's like yeah. think about what Roquan did last year, and now think about the coach Bergonzi, Bergonzi yep. telling him now, no, we want you downhill. Yeah, like, I could swear he was downhill last year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. There's a lot of tape of him coming downhill, right. and making plays in the backfield. Um, in fact, I would a lot of times I'm like blitz him more than you already do because right. he could he would pile up some sacks when you actually gave him the opportunity. To rush, so I don't have any. I don't have any questions about that part of his game. In fact, sometimes you know, sometimes smaller players have a knack for being able to get off blocks too, because they use that size to their advantage. There's nobody better than that than Aaron Donald. Different position, natural mm-hmm. leverage, but, yeah. but natural exactly. leverage, yeah. And I, there, I there are times where I watch tape and I see Roquan able to get off blocks, kind of because he's maybe a little bit slippier, slippier, slippier. Right, yeah. 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 Uh, because of that smaller size sometimes. But I think the big question is what you said. And it would be an unfair expectation to expect Roquan to be able to drop back in coverage the way Brian Erlacher did and and play that type of zone that that you cover Erlacher. I like that. (laughs) Cover Erlacher. The thing, too, is, like, obviously this will be Roquan Smith's first year in this system. Nicholas Morrow, if he's going to be the projected star, like, how long – how long does it take to kind of be comfortable with each other? Because we talked about Lance Briggs was his teammate for 10 years. Right, and they, you you saw that in the field every time they played, so that's also going to be something that we'll, we'll see maybe throughout the season how the comfortability kind of grows between them. But for that defense, I think to be as best as it can be, I think it's going to start there too with how comfortable those two guys are. If if Morrow is that projected starter, and then you can maybe see how this defense can take that next step. Right, and and losing you heard Erlacher talk about Tommy Harris, right? Mm-hmm. This Ogan Joby. Not passing his physical is huge now. When you start talking about the defense, and Erlacher said, "Well, we're all we were kind of all thinking here. We all heard about the offensive line. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of moves there, but we've seen a lot of moves on the defensive side of the ball, right? And, and signing guys, signing a defensive end, signing a defensive tackle. So, as much as Ryan Pole says he wasn't happy with the offensive line, he wasn't happy with the defensive line either when they watched film, right? So it, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. Uh, losing Ogan Joby." Uh, because he fails his physical, that obviously hurts, man. That hurts yeah. th- that defense mm-hmm. a lot. Obviously, Justin Jones is not Ogan, o- Ogan Joby when you watch the film. 
Uh, it'll. I, I'm interested to see. I'm, I wanted to ask you guys this. You know, Roberto Garza. When we signed him in 2004, I think it was, he had a failed physical for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. He had no ACL. And Chris Ballard, who was a scout here, Chris Ballard coached him at Kingsville and vouched for him to Jerry Angelo that this guy will come in here, his work ethic and the way he approaches every day, and he'll be just fine. And he was. And Ten years out. later. Yep. Right? And, and, and this, I don't know about you guys, and I'm sure you guys have, when you study Ogunjobi and you look at, you know, from Charlotte, parents from Nigeria, and all you hear about this tireless work ethic, what I wonder if they took that into account when they said, no, we're not, we are not signing. Because some guys are just different, right? And so I don't know the whole, I don't know what happened on the physical. I don't. We actually don't know. We don't yeah, know we if don't. it's the foot. We I'm don't know just, if something else. I'm just wondering, gosh, is he, was he, is he still worth the, well, well, we'll sign you to this. You know what I mean? Like, I hope they didn't burn that bridge. There was a uh, small wording in the release yeah. they sent out that was like, we're not going to sign him at this time or today, today or, or something. Today. And, I, and we, we took note of that last week. We thought it was interesting because what I, what I wonder is, and I would also understand from Ogunjobi's side, it, my guess is they did say, okay, hey, wait a minute. Look, at this money that we had agreed to, you failed your physical. We're going to have to renegotiate this. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that whatever that re- renegotiation was, that his camp said, you know what, we're going to take some time here. We're going to look at our other options too. I just don't know if the door is completely shut. I hope not. Because let's not forget, guys sign later in March. They sign mm-hmm. after the draft. Sometimes they guys who are injured don't sign until training camp. The Bears signed Alec Ogletree in the middle of training camp. They signed Jason Peters in the middle of training camp last year. So – I don't know if it's completely dead, and I agree with you. If, like, if that's really what his reputation is, then I would hope that there's some number there that they maybe can agree to, depending on what the actual issue is, which we don't actually know at this point. He's a perfect fit. Yeah. Right? He's a perfect fit for that 310 Eberflus' defense. Uh, what you read about him, the way he runs to the ball, the way he works hard, um, it would just be – I'm sure they're pissed. I'm oh, sure he didn't expect to fail the physical. I just hope – like clearer minds prevail and he can see that, you know, this still is maybe your best opportunity here in front of Roquan Smith playing in Chicago on Eberflus' defense with a defensive line coach who was taught by Rob Marinelli to get up the field, do the things you're good at. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, first of all, you feel bad for him. Um, yeah, yeah, I was there uh, uh, as a free agent. When you get that big contract you worked your whole life for, it is an amazing feeling. I'm sure he had an amazing feeling, mm. and now it was taken away from him. So that's got to really suck for him. Uh, hoping the best for him. I did uh, tear my Liz Frank in the 2010 NFC Championship game. Uh, I did any surgery. It was stable, and it took me about six months. Finished the game, by the way. It took me about six months. I'll to point get. it out if you're not. Going to <laughs> <laughs> it took me about six months, but it was, wow. it, it, you know, Part of me was like, man, if we didn't go to the Super Bowl, I couldn't have played in the – if we did, if we won that game, I couldn't have played in the Super Bowl. But um, so – but, but gosh, I mean, guys come back from Liz Frank. So mm-hmm. I wonder what happened. Yeah. You know, I, I know they talk about like – anyway, I don't want to get into be a doctor. Now I sound like everybody who talks about COVID. I really don't know. So just hope <laughs> he does well, you know. So before we continue this uh, Bears conversation, I have to tell you about our friends at PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code – CHGO when you sign up. 
Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet's life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. A lot to cram into the rest of this show after having Brian Erlacher on. And uh, if you're just tuning in right now on YouTube, you missed that. Make sure you check out the podcast. You can find that every day. So you should be Hitting that subscribe button here on YouTube. Hit those notifications so you know when we go live, when the schedule might change based on breaking news, things like that. But also make sure you subscribe to the podcast so if you miss anything, you can go back and find it. And uh, we highly recommend, if you missed that Erlacher interview, to go back and check it out because that's about as unfiltered as I've ever heard him. Yeah. At least, uh, well, at least just, in the just interview Just a lot setting. of good information yeah. according to the team, mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, how it affects – like he went through exactly what we talk about, and there's so much into this. How do you get Ibrahflus' guys to buy into the hits principle? And he went through that, right? Yeah. Because he he would play behind Ted Washington, Keith Trailer, which is about three thousand pound a man. As he said, I ran sideline to sideline and switched downhill. So yeah, I mean, and anytime, I mean, he's the best bear in the last thirty years. So anytime oh, you can yeah. listen to a guy like that talk, and I, I've said many times, a uh, best teammate, best person I've ever been around the locker room, most humble superstar I've ever known. Uh, just just a great guy and, and a lot of good information there. So we are now a full week into free agency, and uh, we wanted to – while the Bears haven't made any enormous splashes, and the one big splash they did make was Joby, who failed his physical, we still want to talk about our favorite free agent signings, though. Um, we each have one. Olin, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is obvious, right? Lucas Patrick uh, talked about – Everyone has identified that the offensive line needs to get fixed. Uh, Ryan Pace identified that. I'm sure Phil Emery identified that before when he became general manager. Um, So they get someone in there. Looks like he's going to be their starting center, but just another body on the field. Raise the level of everybody's play. Everybody's got to compete for their jobs. They need more guys. They have more picks. Uh, They need more bodies, but I'm just happy to see a signing there. It kind of reminds me of a Fetty and Williams and these guys who aren't really dominant offensive linemen, but they can come in there and at least produce and play. A Fetty did play some good football. I'm sorry, not Williams, Wilkinson. Elijah mm-hmm. Wilkinson, yeah. a tackle. Sorry about that. but uh, And he came in and played some good football, but they just need bodies there to yeah. compete and raise the level of that unit. Um, even though you want to go into this year and maybe you're waiting for next year, you don't want to spend too much money, uh, you still got to make sure you're your star quarterback develops, yeah. right? You're, and Justin Fields needs protection to develop or else he's just going to get hit. The run game is going to get shut down and nothing's going to work. So that offensive line needs to improve. And right now we're a little deep in free agency. We don't know what's going to happen with Teron Armstead, but that's why I like the Lucas Patrick signing. So for me, I like the Nicholas Moreau signing and looks very similar to my name, but a guy that you also need bodies at the, the linebacker position, right? And being 26 years old, he did miss the whole 2021 season due to an ankle injury. But in 2020, he played under Rod Marinelli, 
who was the interim defensive coordinator for the Raiders at that time. And he had these career highs in all the statistical categories, but a guy that was a former safety in college at Greenville University, but a guy that can fly around. And we just talked to Brian Erlacher, a key part of his development and just being able to have the success that he did was that counterpart that he had in Lance Briggs. So is Nicholas Moreau going to be that guy for, for Roquan Smith? Way too early to tell, but it's a guy that I think does have potential, and he does come from a defensive philosophy that knows what it's like to hustle, run to the football. He kind of learned that same stuff from Rod Marinelli. So I think when he comes here, it won't be such a different culture change. It'll be something that he just obviously needs to get used to, but going Nicholas Morrow. All right, for me, I'm going to go to offense and Byron Pringle. Um, and people who heard me talk about the wide receivers a lot last year maybe find this one interesting that I'm going this way because I was very, very critical that last year the Bears just signed some speed guys mm-hmm. and not necessarily guys that could actually run routes and get open. Um, and that's why I wasn't surprised that Marquise Goodwin didn't really give you a whole lot throughout the whole season. Demir Bird, he had that nice catch and run against the Packers, but for the most part, you know, it was just they were just speed guys that didn't necessarily run routes and get open and really help the quarterback enough. When I watch Byron Pringle, I see a little bit more shiftiness and change of direction, a guy who maybe was overshadowed a little bit in a much better offense with much better talent on that depth chart uh, than what the Bears have. And so I can see why they're taking a chance on a guy who – Went undrafted, mm-hmm. only has 50 catches in his entire career after four years, I think, with yeah, four years with the Chiefs. So it's a one-year contract. It's a bit of a flyer, but I think there's a little bit more upside, and I'm trusting Ryan Poles' knowledge on this on this kid a little bit more, and I think he's going to maybe exceed expectations a little bit in this offense. These uh, Bears signings, you ever seen that um, Spider-Man gif where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each yeah. other? <laughs> That's what they all remind me yeah. of, you know. They're <laughs> undrafted guys. Uh, you're, you're hoping they take that next step, right? So, really, when you're div- when you're putting a team together and you're trying to rebuild like the Bears, you're trying to beat the best team in your division, right? Like, that's what you're always trying to do. And that's the Green Bay Packers, right? So, you got to compete with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you got to compete with whoever they get it. The two ones at wide receiver, if they trade for a wide receiver, whatever they may end up doing. Uh, you got to block Kenny Clark, so to get Lucas mm-hmm. Patrick. So I wonder what Kenny Clark thinks about playing against Lucas Patrick immediately, right? Preston yeah. Smith, Rashawn Gary. Uh, um, I'm losing the cornerback's name. Would the cornerback worry about covering Mooney by himself? Oh, uh, Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander. Who's in the slot against Pringle? Uh, does Cole Komet develop? So we're almost to a point now, right? If we're going to beat the Green Bay Packers with the route the Bears are going, and I don't mind this route, to be honest with you. I'd like to see them sign Teron Armstead because we need to protect our quarterback. Um, you have to develop. Your young guys have to take a step, right? Tevin Jenkins, Borum, um, Cole Komet, Mooney, uh, who, who's the um, – Daz Newsom. Yeah. yeah. Right? These, so we're at the point now where uh, besides the draft, and they got to hit on the draft with the free agents coming in, you, once a guy in the NFL shows you who he is – Unless somebody makes a mistake like Ogan Joby, the Browns played him at nose for whatever reason. They just insisted on playing him at nose. And he kept saying, I'm a three technique. And for whatever reason, people in Cleveland didn't listen to him. Who knows? That's what happened with Akeem Hicks. Right. 
Right. So, Akeem, so like, until he, he got put in the right spot, then his career took off. Right. And he, and he, he you know, Akeem Hicks, right? You, you just follow him. I'll say, okay, he went and learned from Bill Belichick about being a pro. Mm-hmm. Then he came here. He had what a lot of people consider the best defense coordinator in the NFL and Vic Fangio and a guy people rave about, Jay Rogers, coaching him how to play defensive line. Okay. So uh, now where we are with the Bears is we're, we're back to, okay, they hired Salazar as their director of performance. They hired Jimmy Arthur as their strength coach. Uh, these guys become important in offseason because mm-hmm. these young guys, you would say co-commit, like we talked about with offensive linemen. Everybody says the quarterback, how could he look good in that system? Well, you could say that for every position, yeah. right? Like, it's amazing how people will separate the O-line from the scheme, right? Like, when, when, uh, when there's no margin for error, there's no margin of error for anybody. So these guys have to develop. The coaching staff gets involved now, the nutritionists, the strength coach, um, because now, as we see, most of the top free agents are off the market. So, so and it looks like Armstead is down in Miami, and that's yeah. not, yeah. not going to happen. So uh, we'll see what happens, Adam, but, but I'm interested to see the direction this team actually moves in because, like I said, you can save your money for next year. But, Adam, you've said many times, uh, Fields taking a step is important this year. It's it's the most Th- important. That, thing. That's my big concern right now. Is I can live with this approach. Yes, they're being meticulous in free agency. I understand it. They're setting themselves up to have a lot more flexibility and cap space in the next two seasons. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. New GM, new coaching staff. They have security. They can afford. But you better still develop the quarterback this year. And you st- and that's my only concern is. I'm still looking at this offensive depth chart, and I'm going. Have they done that, man? And let's let's take this to to Armstead here for a second. And I, and I know we have at least one super chat to get to before we got here, but with Armstead, which we were going to talk about earlier in the show until Erlacher came on a little bit early, which is fine. But he's in Miami today, Armstead, according to multiple reports. Dolphins really want him. I think he was sitting there waiting to see what happened with Watson. Watson moves on to Cleveland, so it it sounds like the Bears have flirted with Armstead a little bit here, but it doesn't seem like they're all in like maybe some of these other teams like the Dolphins are, and I'm not sure he's going to leave Miami today. Well, look, and that's a young quarterback there too, and look, they're trying to get some stability for him, and yes, maybe the Bears have flirted, but you would like to see them have Yeah, a I'll just say it. I'll right? just say it. The, 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 that's the move you make to yeah. help your quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, we, we saw the kid take a beating last year as a rookie. Wasn't put in the best position to succeed. I think the coaching will be better. He still needs protection in front of him. You just got extra money from the Ogunjobi thing falling through, extra cap space. Just go make a splash with yeah. your left tackle. Just do it. Yeah. To Otungo Vailoa, St. Louis High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. So I give them a shout-out. Um <laughs> I, we've been talking about Armstead for a while. Love the move. Love what he brings to here. Uh, I love, what, love what he would bring to this offensive line room, solidify the left tackle position. I know the argument against he's never played 16 games. Um, he has a lot of injuries. Look, if you can get that guy for 12 games, I will take him, especially yeah. with what you got right now. Right? Like, I cannot go into this season again with a question of left tackle. Now, look, Jason Peters is still out there. Dwayne Brown is still out there. Fisher is still out there, although I'm not big on him. That's why the coach didn't resign him. Um, but there's other ways to solidify it, solidify that position. To me, though, this is a top. When he is right, there's some guys who are worth it. 
This guy's a top three left tackle in the whole NFL when he is right. He's a pro's pro. He knows how to train. He'll help your young guys develop. He'll take over your room. He'll help lead. He'll help lead the building for the new staff. And mm -hmm. the funny thing, Adam said, well, I, I hear they, they might not be all in. And, and I think Adam is right. But they weren't all in on Brian Allen either. Yeah. Which is very interesting to me is the fact that, like we talked about, hmm. even though you set yourself up for next year, you, you cannot lead, put – this kid out here again. You can't ignore and we this know year. what is. No. Why didn't he get? Why didn't he get drafted top three or four? Because he holds on to the ball. Yeah. He he takes a little while to get the ball out. Which a quarterback like him, with his playmaking ability, he should take your time, make a big play. But he's going to get hit. He's going to take hits. So all that last year. I'm just saying it makes sense to me. Yeah, I just I again I understand the philosophy, I understand the approach, but at some point. You got to do a little bit more for Justin Fields, and we haven't seen that yet. Again, it's only been a week. There's still time. But if Armstead comes off the board today, and he's Daniel Hunter's coming back for the Vikings, right? and he's so, a problem. You got to take care of your division. Yeah, right. You got to match up with your division. You got to match up with Aaron Rodgers. You got to match up with their three pass rushers. There, uh, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's get to a super chat before we get out of here. Don't you think the offense will improve just with the removal of Nagy? And the stability. I do think that this yeah. is actually something that hasn't been talked There's about enough. There's some validity enough. to that. You know, uh, <laughs> how many, how many, uh, at least the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Every post, Olin, you you do the post game shows. You you, you know what you, you've been yeah. talking about and the scheme and all this. So, yes, there is a part that things should just be better based on the coaching being different. You still need dudes to play the game mm -hmm. at some yeah, point. That, yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, like Coach Nagy's first year, there will be an advantage. No one's seen Getsy on True. film calling plays. The NFL is all about when you are actually capable to, to play in the NFL or coach. When you get Getsy's a good coach, he's the office coordinator, you're good. It's when everybody knows what you want to be and they take it away from you, can you adjust? Mm -hmm. Right? So, so there will be that immediate improvement because no one knows what you are uh, immediately. But once the, the league adjusts and all that kind of stuff, um, it's not X's and O's. It's all about adjustments. Yep. It's what's the rest of that saying? Yeah, the X's and O's. Ready for one of you guys? It's about it. uh, <laughs> something the Joes. Yes, there you go. What is it though? I can't remember it now. I should know that. Is anyone know it in the yeah. chat? Yeah. <laughs> all right, we gotta get it. someone in the chat. Will know it. We gotta get out of here. Awesome show, uh, Olin. Thanks for the assist on yeah, getting well, fifty four on the we show. We all got him on. Uh, Want to talk to you guys? It was uh, a fun conversation. Get yeah, if you man. missed it. I'm telling you, go back. <laughs> He got so excited when he found out he could swear. He did. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> see, now, the one thing, Lack is one of the funnest guys I know, man. He's just, he's just all about having fun. I don't know if you guys see on his uh, social media, he has this little snake he throws on people while he plays golf. It's like his prank, right? It's like, it looks yeah. like a real snake, and he films them freaking out. And, but, but in a nutshell, that's Brian Urlacher. Yep. Always trying to have fun. Uh, you know, he would set up dodgeball games. He always had people at his house. Uh, we were always hanging out with him. I always treat everybody good, but yeah, it, it was great having them on. Mm. Jimmy's and Joe's. Thank Jimmy's you to like Joe's. the 17 commenters who <laughs> immediately came up with that. All right, we're out of here, guys. Make sure you check out allchgo.com. If you like what we're doing, please go sign up for a membership. We appreciate it. Find the podcast. Hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. For Olin Krutz, Nicholas Moriano, I'm Adam Ho. We'll back to, we are back tomorrow, 11 a.m., right here.